Welcome to the CEC Report for the 15th of February 2019. I'm Elisa Barwick and joining me today is Robert Barwick, fresh back from Canberra. Thanks Elisa. Welcome. And on today's show, bankers celebrate too soon. Senate launches inquiry to break them up. Now before we start today, however, we do have some sad news and that is that unfortunately the American statesman and physical economist Lyndon LaRouche passed away this Tuesday on the 12th of February and the CEC has had a 30 year long collaboration with Mr LaRouche and in particular an association with his uh, economic ideas and he calls himself a physical economist because as the CEC has adopted in its own ideas we focus on the real economy, the physical economy as opposed to the monetary uh, overblown monetary system that's taken over today and is leading us towards a new global financial crisis. Yeah, it was, it was our association with LaRouche, Elisa, that introduced the CEC to the international dimension of what we do because as a, we're a brand new party in 1988 and you think you're, you're just fighting the, at the time it was the, the Hawke-Keating government and the beginning of economic rationalism that we now call neoliberalism and you're fighting this and you, and, and you can be you know, fooled into thinking it's just a local thing. Mm. And we met LaRouche and realised this is no, every country in the world is fighting the same battle. Yeah. And so we had a very have had a very productive collaboration for 30 years. LaRouche is one of the proofs that you shouldn't believe Wikipedia, mm. right? Um, he actually, uh, he's, a, he's, he's also a proof, um, which we won't read in Wikipedia, that um, you know, when people say there's nothing you can do about things, it really is a self-fulfilling prophecy because he never limited the, his political activism like that and he got to be, participate. We don't have the time to go through the details here. But in, 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 in his time, he became very influential in, with um, good governments around the world, mm -hmm. right, and, and actually was a real thorn in the side to the, the IMF World Bank monetary system always fighting for the, 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 the sovereignty of nations and, and, and national governments being able to introduce the policies that benefited their people in, against this, this globalist authority that dictated all these um, draconian measures that were designed to prop up international banks. And this is, you know, what we're doing today and what we're going to continue talking about is that same fight, mm. right? And it's, and it's countries around the world participating in it that can make it happen. People were collaborating with other countries and LaRouche was a real leader in that. Mm, so his legacy continues now in that fight that we're engaged in for a new fair and just international financial architecture. So we'll go on to talk about that and jump into the main subject of today's show, which is just one subject. Bankers celebrate too soon. Senate launches inquiry to break them up. So Robbie, you were in Canberra this week uh, for the tabling of our Glass-Steagall bill in the Australian Senate by Senator Pauline Hanson. Yes, yeah, so this is, this is the news that Pauline Hanson should have made this week because it, it is big news. And that's why we've called this, this segment Bankers Celebrate Too Soon because they, the, the Royal Commission final report was a massive fail on the question of separation. And in fact, we've questioned even the legitimacy of their finding. But I've got a piece of paper here with the names of a lot of people I'll read some of them. Paul Keating, Alan Kohler in The Australian, Tom Elliott, Adele Ferguson, Adam Crichton, Michael Pascoe, Bernard Keane and Glenn Dyer, Martin North, Andrew Linden and Warren Staples, Tony Hartnell, founding chairman of ASIC, David Fickling in Bloomberg. And that, they're just a sample of the people who criticised the Royal Commission final report for not breaking up the banks, right? But the bankers um, celebrated that one fact and their share price went up on the news that they wouldn't be broken up. 
And if they thought that, that, that it was the issue was dead and buried, they were dead wrong because on Tuesday night at around four o'clock, Pauline Hanson, Senator Pauline Hanson, went into the Australian Senate and did this. Um, Mr. President, I ask that general business notice motion number 1329 standing in my name, proposing the introduction of a bill be taken as formal. Is there any objection to this motion being taken as formal? There being none, Senator Hanson. Uh, I move that the following bill be introduced. A bill for an act to re-establish confidence in the banking system to separate retail commercial banking activities involving the holding of deposits from wholesale and investment banking involving risky activities and for other purposes. question is that motion be agreed to. Those of that opinion say aye. Those of that opinion say aye. Aye. Contrary, no. The ayes have it. Senator Hanson. I present the bill and move that this bill may proceed without formalities and be now read a first time. Question is that motion be agreed to. Those of that opinion say aye. Aye. Contrary, no. The ayes have it. Clark. A bill for an act to re-establish confidence in the banking system to separate retail commercial banking activities involving the holding of deposits from wholesale and investment banking involving risky activities and for related purposes. Senator Hanson. I move that this bill be now read a second time and I seek leave to table an, an explanatory memorandum relating to the bill. Is leave granted? Leave is granted. Senator Hanson. I table an, an explanatory memorandum and I seek leave to have the second reading speech incorporated in Hansard and to continue my remarks. Is leave granted. Leave is granted. Thank you, Senator Hanson. So that was the tabling of the bill, which is the same bill that Bob Catter had put up in the House of Representatives. Yeah, and what happened with the, the, Bob introduced it on the 25th of June? And um, because, of course, Labor and, and uh, Liberal control the House of Representatives, that bill was there and it lapsed in December. Mm -hmm. And by getting it into the Senate, some, we've been able to make it a bigger process, which is a, an inquiry, get an inquiry underway. And a very important process because given that the Parliament is not going to be sitting very much more until the election, um, everyone's been talking about the fact that there'll be no process underway to fulfil any of the findings of the Royal Commission yep. um, virtually all year. However, uh, the day after Pauline Hanson tabled this bill on the 14th of February, it was referred to a Senate committee and that continues over the next two months. They'll be uh, reporting back by the 13th of May. So that'll be a two-month inquiry. And what's that going to specifically examine? Well, so the, the inquiry is into the bill. Right, and they'll be open for submissions, and people need to make submissions on this bill. And the bill is that we, we drafted it very carefully. It's based on the original Glass-Steagall Act in the United States, which separated banking for nearly 70 years and was very successful, protected American from, from Americans from banking inquiries. And of course, when it was repealed in 1999, in the wave of irrational deregulation that happened. <laughs> um, nine years later, the global financial system blew up, right? And it was directly related to that repeal. So we've gone to the original legislation. There's an updated version also in America called the 21st Century Glass-Steagall Act, which takes into account things that didn't exist in 1933, like derivatives, right? So we, we, we based it on that legislation, but for the Australian financial system. So there's a very important section in this bill on APRA, for instance, right, which brings APRA under much closer part parliamentary scrutiny, because at the moment APRA is, is effectively a rogue um, regulator, which doesn't regulate. It's just in the pockets of the banks, and I'll, we'll show you some clips on that soon. Um, so it, it covers the whole gamut. And this is something that the banks will have to make submissions on. Treasury, RBA, APRA, they'll all have to make submissions on. And so they have, they'll be forced to consider this. 
but we need the public to make submissions in big ways. Now, we don't have the... We'll announce in a press release soon, Elisa, this weekend or on, on early next week, the specifics of making a submission, but I urge everyone, get ready to make a submission on this bill, right? We need to flood Parliament with submissions so they know the public's demanding this kind of real action instead of a fake inquiry like the unfortunately the um, final report of the Royal Commission proved to be. Mm. And there's a possibility of hearings uh, taking place in capital cities over the next couple of months as a part of this inquiry process named in the Hansard account of the deliberation to set up this committee uh, where possible witnesses including Dr Wilson Sy, John Dalson, Martin North and financial journalists, some of whom you mentioned earlier, that have spoken in favour of breaking up the banks. So we need to be organising uh, beyond just ourselves, but the broader community um, that, as we've seen over the last year, have come out uh, at least demanding a debate about yep. bank separation. So we'll stop there for a moment, but when we come back, we'll talk about some of the media coverage that we even got uh, as part of this trip to Canberra and getting this bill up. Welcome back to the CEC Report where we're talking about the Senate inquiry to investigate the possibility of breaking up Australia's banks. Now you found a pretty supercharged environment in some senses in regards to the necessity for bank separation in Canberra. Yeah, look, it's a, um, it's a lesson to everybody, especially if you're one of these rich people who rig the system. The more you try, you get to a certain point politically, Lisa, where the more they they exert their influence to keep the system rigged, the more it blows up in their mm. face, right? So, like I said, um, you know, they thought that the, this would be dead and buried with the Royal Commission final report. And we, we, we were there saying, look, that is an invalid finding, that, that Royal Commission was rigged. And that had huge traction because everyone knew, the minute the bank shares shot up last week, right, that just stunk to high heaven. Everyone knew, okay, something's wrong here. So there was enormous, the people were enormously receptive to that. We got to attend, I want to show a clip here because we got to attend a, um, a banking victims event that was also being held in Canberra while we were there. We'd been invited to, to go along and Channel 10 was there and they interviewed um, me and they interviewed Dr. Wilson Sy who accompanied me to Canberra on this trip because he's an APRA whistleblower. They wanted to hear what we had to say. So they interviewed a bunch of people at this event, a bunch of bank, bank victims, but they also interviewed us. And they went to the effort to really show their audience mm. that there is a huge backlash to the Royal Commission and on both the question of the victims, right, um, because the victims are not happy, they've got nothing out of this, but also on the larger question that we're highlighting of you've got to change the system so it doesn't happen again, right? And I, I, I said, look, there's three things have to be done to get justice out of this Royal Commission. Um, incarceration for bankers compensation for victims and separation of the banks so it can't happen again. So um, I have to compliment Jonathan Lee, the journalist, the reporter who interviewed us, because he produced this report for Channel 10 that night, on Tuesday night the 12th, which is very, very good. Have a look. So your pain is well felt. My young life was defined by this. So as a government, we are not blind to what you've been through. A chorus line of anger now follows the banks. Banking Royal Commission will set the record straight. Inside Parliament House, victims demand the type of justice the Royal Commission denied them. The damage is that this Royal Commission was a perfect opportunity to bring about real reforms. 
and it's, and it's been missed. That's because it was largely set up by banking bosses with narrow terms of reference. More than 10,000 submissions were made, but just 27 people got to testify. My view is Royal Commission 1 is finished. I want Royal Commission 2. Examining compensation for closures, liquidators, managers, valuers and fraud, which Craig Caulfield knows about. My signature was cut and pasted. Victims also want what's called equity of arms, forcing banks to provide the same level of legal support to customers as it provides itself. Make it fair and everything else will adjust. Calls still grow for banks, which are now billion-dollar vertically integrated companies, to be broken up. The way to stop it from happening again is to remove the conflicts of interest in the system. Wilson Sy led the research team at the financial watchdog APRA. He says when he left, the team was shut. They're lapdogs. Not watchdogs. The opposition wants Parliament to sit for extra days and deal with the recommendations of the Royal Commission. But to do that and embarrass the government, it needs the support of all of the independents. I will use the power, what little power I have, with ruthless brutality. Let there be no doubt about that. The message, though, remains unchanged. Set the record straight. Jonathan Lee for 10 News First. And now I did, well, um, as you saw at the end there, Wilson Sy was being interviewed and he called them laptops. But I want to, while he was being interviewed, I was standing to the side. I filmed most of his interview with Jonathan Lee. And I want to play what I filmed. I didn't get the first bit, but just to set the scene, Wilson, because he knows APRA, he was describing how the whole system's set up to fail from a regulatory standpoint, right? And he, so have a look at this clip of the actual interview with Wilson, where he talk, he's starting off, he's talking about the funding arrangements for the regulator, which itself is a massive conflict of interest. Certainly the government has to put up funding for regulating, for enforcement, right? The funding model uh, of the regulators comes from what is known as uh, cost re recovery model. In other words, it's the banks that give the regulator money to regulate them. It's called a system of levies, right? And you can see that it's quite ridiculous when the regulator suing the banks, let's say, for argument's sake, and if they fail, they ask the bank to pay them. <laughs> to try and see if enforce them, right? So, so the whole system is, is just really broken. And so regulation needs to be simplified. And this, the, the system that worked was the uh, banking separation, separating the traditional banking from the uh, investment banking business. How badly have the regulators failed the industry? Well, you've heard all these victims, there are thousands of them, Right. And uh, and the misconduct uh, is enormous. The the, the uh, Royal Commission, the Royal Commission, has uh, revealed only a tiny fraction. It's literally the tip of the iceberg. Right. So it's it's very very serious. I think you worked for the two of the watchdogs. Yeah. That's right. And what you were saying is that the watchdogs really weren't watching, or if they were watching. They really were dogs. No, they're lap dogs, not watchdogs. Now, I just want to give a bit of a recap of how we've come to this point, actually, where, because we're never usually in the media whatsoever, um, but we've brought this debate about bank separation to the fore over uh, an extraordinary process of the last year and a half, really. Um, so we'll go back over a bit of that because 
one year and one day ago, on Valentine's Day last year, uh, the Senate passed the bail-in bill with only eight people present. In the room, without a vote. On the voices. And that bail-in bill ushered in new emergency powers for APRA to be used in a financial crisis, which everyone knows is coming, which would allow it to secretly take over and run the banks and would in including allowing it to confiscate uh, not only hybrid bonds, but as is done all over the world, potentially depositors' money as well. Now, our fight against well, this... Well, just hang on. At the time, Elisa, when that passed, we, you and I recorded the show on the Friday following that, and the headline of our show was Canberra Caves Into the Money Power. Mm. That's, that's how we summarise what happened that week with the way this bill was able to be rushed through. There's a lot changed in 12 months. Mm -hmm. uh, our fight against that bill is, and that began in August 2017 when there was a, a little noticed announcement put out from the Treasurer's office. No one took any notice of it apart from us because we knew and recognised immediately it was bail-in. And that set a chain of events into motion, um, which our campaign was at the centre stage of, which led to the Banking Royal Commission being called at the end of 2017 and the subsequent process. And what I'd say, so then a bunch of things happened. We, you know, we, um, it, it got the attention of good members of parliament, you know, Bob Catter being one of them. He was keen to introduce the antidote to the bail-in bill, which is Glass-Steagall, right? Because Glass-Steagall primarily, more than anything it does, is protects deposits. And that happened on the 25th of June. And then um, while this was happening, of course, they, they'd started the Royal Commission, rigged the terms of reference. And even though we're criticising the end of the Royal Commission, what the, in the hearings, the hearings were brilliant. And they exposed those hearings that um, everything we were saying was right. Mm. You know? But the other thing that I want the viewers to understand is what really made a difference, especially because of the bail-in factor, Bail-in caught the attention of many people around Australia, including the way many of our viewers, right? Including the way it passed. And it was the viewers, the ordinary Australian people springing into action, realising for whatever motivation out of rage, uh, at, at the way it could be rigged out of fear that this, this could really happen and, and their money could be grabbed or whatever. And then but getting involved in what we said, look, call your politicians, mm. email these inquiries, etc., that process is what's brought us to here. It's created a wave of, of, of um, power through the system that we've been able to ride to get to the point where now mm. they might have thought they had the system rigged with this inquiry the way they ended it, but instead we've got a, a very important um, inquiry underway into the specific mm. thing they feared the most, banking separation. Yeah, and we sparked, that in, we sparked a Senate inquiry into that bail-in legislation by the exact process we're about to replicate now. That's right. But many times bigger. Now, we've got to take a quick break. We're we'll right back to discuss the backlash against the Royal Commission report and how it's still spreading. Welcome back to the CEC report where we're discussing the Senate inquiry now underway into banking separation. And I just want to come back to the uh, real backlash that set in after Haynes' final report on the Royal Commission um, in the fact that whether you liked it or you hated it, everyone was referring to the fact that he didn't recommend banking separation. And so the word banking separation was on everyone's lips. We have an article in this week's Australian Alert Service which documents all of the many references to banking separation that came as a result uh, of this backlash. And you can call in and get a free copy if you haven't already to find out a bit more about who we are and what we're doing. And all the background material is in there. 
Um, now, there's been a few more uh, significant um, responses to that Royal Commission report. A number of um, British people that were involved in various inquiries into the British banking system, and they've looked extensively at banking separation and Glass-Steagall and nearly got it passed in 2013. So a number of Brits have weighed in on the Australian Royal Commission, including Lord Nigel Lawson. Uh, and they're saying things... He was Thatcher's Chancellor of the Exchequer in the 80s. Yeah, and, and basically Lawson was saying, look, things will really only change if people go to prison. Uh, other people of a similar ilk were saying that the heads that should roll are the regulators, but also the politicians who are telling the regulators what to do. Um, so this is very important. John Adams says the same thing here in Australia. <laughs> and you had also very interestingly, which was reported in the conversation today, the Economic Society of Australia have done a survey and the responses to the survey about bank reform were very interesting. And I quote, Alan Fells, James Morley and John Quiggan called for the separation of bank functions with marketing separate from advice or the breakup of banks themselves as happened in the United States under the Glass-Steagall Act of 1933, which separated investment banks from deposit-taking banks. Now, of course, Alan Fells is from the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. Uh, Morley is a leading economist. He's been on numerous central bank boards, including the Bank for International Settlements. And John Quiggan is an economist from the University of Queensland. So this is itself pretty significant. More voices are joining this chorus all the time. And finally, the big one is that you had Paul Keating on the 9th of February telling the Australians Paul Kelly that the Royal Commission process was very competent and the report reflects that competence. But the process made as clear as day the interminable conflict between product and advice by institutions promoting their own product. The Royal Commissioner should have recommended these arrangements, this conflict between product and advice be prohibited. This he monumentally failed to do. He should have acted upon the examination and the evidence of these serious conflicts of interest. Yes, so a year before the Royal Commission started, Labor's shadow assistant treasurer, Matt Thistlethwaite, said if a Royal Commission recommends structural separation, Labor will support it. But Labor at that time also wanted the terms of reference to direct the Royal Commission to look into it. And the terms of reference, when they were finally handed down, forbade him from doing that, and he stuck to that in his final report. So this is not a legitimate finding by the Labor Party, so by the by the Royal Commissioners, sorry, right? And Labor can't hide behind that. And if they were tempted to, Paul Keating's made it even harder for them. One of the mm. meetings I had was with, with one Labor MP. As soon as I shook his hand, he quoted Paul Keating to me before I could quote him before I could quote Paul Keating to him. Mm. Right? So they really got their attention. So, and we've, we've said in a press release we put out last week, what will Labor do, right? In a sense, the ball's in Labor's court. So what, you can get on our website and get that. If you have a Labor member of parliament, you get that press, press release to them, right? And put them, just, you keep confronting them on this question because the ball is in their court. There is no other way to fix the banking system. The 14 pages of our bill mm. that are now in the Senate will do more than the 1,133 pages of, the, of this final report, right? Even though there's, just, there's some good stuff in there. So it's up to us. The ball's, the ball's in Labor's yeah. court, but we have the power here, right? So get involved in this. We'll announce soon the, specific, specific, the specs for the, the committee inquiry, right? We don't have who you write to yet. But start writing your submission and, and when we get it to you, then you can send it to them. Mm, yeah, no, this is a major victory that we brought things to this point and we have this opportunity. So well done to everybody. And uh, look out for that press release, as you mentioned, and tune in again to next CEC report. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Elisa. And see you next week.